Amen. If you'll turn with me to Psalms 37, brother and sister Frizzell, it's good to see you all again tonight. I always love when they are here. I love to talk to brother Frizzell, even though he's very straightforward with me at times. I need that, and I'm excited about that. I, I like that. I was a little nervous you weren't going to be here because when I get out of the pulpit, you will tell me the truth, and I need that. I don't need all this cush stuff. Oh, that was good, Jay, this and that. No, I want to get better every time when I present the word of the Lord because it's essential that this word comes forth true into our hearts, not just our ears, but our hearts and our mind. And so I'm the one standing in the way of that tonight. So I pray that you would help me. If you don't help me, I'm just going to assume that you're so awestruck with a sermon and caught up in the spirit realm that you just can't really talk or participate. So either way, I win, and I'm excited about that because I am on a mandate from God. And the more I grow in the Lord, the more I'm understanding it has nothing to do with me. I am a mouthpiece. I am a... I am a arm, a a hand. I am a tool for God to use. And so that excites me. I'm going to jump around on Psalms 37. I'm going to go through verse 5 and then I'm going to jump to 9. I'm going to jump to 23 and then 31. David's kind of opening up here and he says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut off, cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall... Bring it to pass. Verse 9, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I'm going to read that one again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Verse 31, and last, the law of his God the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Lord, your word is already anointed. This service is already anointed. God, I need your help tonight. Lord, you, between you and me, you know the true Jay Hilton. And God, I pray that I would put forth this word as you have put it in my heart And I pray that this word would not just settle on somebody's mind, but that it would make its way down into the crevices and the deep, dark, hidden places of our souls and our hearts. And God, that it would begin to shine a light in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. God gave me this sermon, um, directed me to this sermon. It's a it's a hodgepodge of things that I've encountered in my life. It's a hodgepodge of things I've heard and been taught in my life. But God directed me this way. By, and I'm telling you, I was pulling my hair out. I said, no. Pastor gave me a week notice, which I think might have been a bad thing because I haven't done anything for a week. Um, but 
I was praying. I said, God, I need something. I need some. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. God, I need something that I can deliver tonight on a Wednesday night when people are tired and, and, but something that's going to help somebody get through something. And God's word to me was clean your house. <laughs> I said, excuse me. So I said, okay, I, I'm going to be obedient to that. As weird as I thought it was, I begin to clean our front room. And if you knew our front room, we've just moved. Well, I say I keep saying we just moved in, but it's been six months, and we had no excuses. Anyways, it was a mess. And I begin to clean. And, folks, when I tell you I, I begin to clean, I, I, Mama was happy when she got home. I cleaned it right. Nothing left on the staircase. Nothing. I mean, it was right. And... I began to to clean, and up and down the stairs I went, and up and down the stairs I went. And did I mention I went up and down the stairs, taking things to Blazer's room, to Bishop's room, to Brooks's room, to Mama's room, to to the bathrooms, to all these new closets. I don't even know where stuff's at, but it, we will find it because I stuffed it everywhere. But the downstairs was clean, okay? So... As I begin to do this, God began to talk to me, and that's what I want to share with you tonight. I'm going to title this sermon, Step Up. Discouragement can creep in secretly. It can hide behind clothes. It can hide behind makeup. It can hide behind hairdos. It can, it, it can hide behind a lot of things. Discouragement is even so bold that it will hide behind a smile. It will always ride to work with you, and if it doesn't catch a ride to work with you, I guarantee you it will catch a ride home with you. Discouragement will go into a tent. It will go into a garage. It will go into an apartment garage. It will go into an apartment. It will go into a subsidized uh, living, and, and it will walk into a, a, a fifth ward, a third ward, but it won't just stop there. Discouragement will walk right into a middle-class house and sit down at the dining room table and have a cup of coffee with you early in the morning. Discouragement won't just stop there. It'll walk into a mansion and it'll sit down on the side of a jacuzzi and it'll put, he'll put his feet in the water with you. And he'll put his feet in the hot tub and begin to tell you that life is not worth living. If you listen to discouragement... It will cause you to make bad decisions. It will cause you to think that life really isn't worth living. It will cause you to think things that you normally don't think. And secretly behind the facade of a smile and a good morning and a, and a praise the Lord and a how are you, you wonder deep down inside how you will ever get out of the place that you're in. Particularly painful is discouragement in the life of a believer. Because as we travel from season to season, it's not just the trials that we face, but it, it's also seeing the wicked go forward while the righteous are held back. 
I can't speak for anyone here, but sometimes I see people succeeding who, who don't pray nearly as hard as I do and, and who don't work nearly as long and as hard as I do. And, and they have not been faithful at all. And it seems like that, that they have moments of victory. And see, and most of the times it seems like their victories are flaunted right in my face. Not while I'm having a similar experience, but why all, while all hell is breaking loose in my life, it seems like those people are being blessed. And I'm going through agony and tragedy, and seemingly they are having victory and triumph. And, and if you're not careful, the very sight of their prosperity will become your agony If you don't believe that, read Psalm 73 and listen to how David talks. And seeing them go forward will will be such a force of frustration on your life that it's, it's not your test that baffles you, but it's their success agonizingly displayed before you that makes your despair of life. Until David says in Psalms 37, fret not thyself over evildoers. How they prosper in their own way, they shall soon be cut off like grass. In other words, don't make a permanent decision over temporary circumstances. He says, don't allow a moment of agony to make you draw a conclusion about life prematurely. Because if you just keep on walking with God, God has a way of making everything all right. But he warns us and he declares to us that the steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Somebody say steps. Psalms, David spent some time talking about steps. Thou shalt enlarge my steps under my feet. Under, under me that my feet did not slip. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he's delighteth in his way. The law of God in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. Order my steps in thy word and let not thine iniquity have dominion over me. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Now the term step, stay with me here, okay? I know where I'm going. I feel the Holy Ghost. We're all okay. The word steps implies process. Some of y'all are not going to like this. I'm getting into the meat of it here. You're not going to like it. I'm going to tell you right now. So just, let's just all, we're in this together. Okay. Process. It means it's going to take a while. It means that you can't get to the destination just because you want it. You can't get it just because you saw it or just because you like it or even you can't even get to it just because you need it. In fact, we are often tormented by vision. It's sometimes a painful thing to be a visionary. 
We get up here and we preach. You gotta have vision. Without vision, your people will perish. You gotta have vision. But sometimes it's hard to have vision. And I'll tell you why. Because a visionary sees what shall be, but he wakes up to deal with what is. Sometimes a visionary cries out on the inside and says, God, don't even show me what shall be. Because every time I shout and dance over what you showed me, I go home to a harsh and painful and deep, dark reality. And in, in, in the fact that I'm, I am torn between this, what shall be and what, shall, what is to come, it creates a huge agony in my life, Lord. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. There are moments when I would rather not know that I'm going to be the king if you're only just going to send me back out in the field to watch the sheep. Why didn't you just hide that from me? I was going to be king, so I could... Why didn't you hide that fact from me, God, so that I could, that I could be satisfied taking care of sheep? But because you told me you had more for me, I wanted to rush the process to get to my destiny. Now I'm not happy doing what I used to be happy doing because I'm tormented by what shall be. I want to hurry the process so that I can get to the expected end. But that cannot be done because a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. I will be able to give Bishop my car keys one day. And I'll be able to tell Bishop, hey, buddy, why don't you run down to the store and grab mom some milk and some bread? And you know what? That'll be a big blessing. But if I was to give him my car keys right now and tell him to go, he would probably do it. But it wouldn't be a blessing at all. Same car, same son, but a blessing given too soon. He can't handle it. The car could handle it, maybe. The road could handle it. I could give it to him, but he couldn't handle it. So would I be a good father if I gave him something good too soon? Sometimes my goodness as a father is proven by my ability to say, not yet, son. Not not yet. The younger brother of the prodigal son teaches us that if we if we get what is ours too soon, that we really we really can't handle it. The same thing that should make us praise the Father will drive us away from the Father if we get it too soon. The Bible states that he said, Give me the portions of the goods that fall unto me. The Father gave in and gave it to him and And the blessings drove him over the edge. It drove him from the home. It drove him from his father who loved him so much. When you pray, listen to me. When you pray, Lord, don't give me more than I can handle. How many usually pray that saying, and your true intentions is, God, don't give me more trouble than I can handle. I know I pray that way a lot. But when you pray that way with a sincere heart, God is going to take you at your word and he's also going to protect you by not giving to you too many blessings. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. 
You know when the you know when to bless me, Lord. You know how to bless me, Lord. You know when I'm ready to be blessed. Teach me patience with the process. Jay Hilton doesn't always have patience with the process. <laughs> I, I thought I'd get an amen out of Cindy. I don't like process. I don't like paperwork. Can I get an amen? I don't like waiting in line. I don't, I don't like being sent from, the, from one person to another person. I don't like modern telephone answering services that says, if you'll punch three and if you'll punch two and if it's a yes, say yes, but if it's a no, punch eight. I don't, I don't want all of that. I just want to turn the electricity back on. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> Some of y'all get that later. I don't want to go through a directory. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to talk to a machine. I don't want to punch in any numbers. Just give me what I want when I want it and how I want it. I'm not sure what it is about me that makes me that way. Maybe I should sit down with Dr. Hughes for a little bit and, and try to figure this out and figure out why I am the way I am. For some reason, my nerves are starting to get bad. I know I'm not old, but but my I'm I'm, get, I'm impatient. If I'm at the grocery store and I get in front and and they have one register open with 20 people in line, I'll shove that basket that took me 30 minutes to select out of the way and I'm gone. And don't put me in front of no stupid self checkout because I didn't come to get a job. I come to get groceries. If the truth be known, if the real truth is being shared here tonight, which I think it is, I did not want God to order my steps. I didn't want Him to order steps. I wanted God to order blessings. I wanted God to order healing. I wanted God to order prosperity. I wanted God to order victory, but instead of ordering victory, he ordered steps. He didn't just offer steps as an option to me for my selection. He ordered steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I, I, I know you're used to shouting over this kind of text, and, and but, but before you dance, take a minute to really think about God is ordering your steps. Who wants steps? Who has steps in their house? I just, I'm interested. Steps aren't beautiful. I don't care how you fix them up. Okay? This, I got a microphone. This is my opinion. They're not attractive. We have a new house. We bought it as a foreclosure. Mistake. It's our first time as a family to have to have steps. Cindy and I have been looking online at different ideas on how to redo these steps. You can put drawers in them. You can fix them up. You can do this. There's tons of options out there for the steps. People decorate them in so many different ways. Some people put carpet on them. Some put lights under them. They try to decorate them, but nobody wants steps. Seriously. Landon, 
Now you know why I text you. you how, how do you like going home every day? Three flights of steps. The only reason why we have steps in our lives is to get us to a higher level. Trust me when I say if there was a way to get me upstairs without going on those steps, this old boy would take it. I can't twinkle my nose or fly, and I surely can't afford an elevator. So guess what, folks? i got to go up the steps. One at a time. I take them one at a time now because, but you know what? It wasn't always like that. I, I, I love seeing the boys on the steps because it reminds me of when I was younger. And I'm up here talking like I'm an old man, but, but I'm just, I'm, I'm being honest, okay? I, I remember when I was younger and how I used to take these three steps, two steps at a time. Man, I ran up the steps talking on the phone. I skipped over steps, ignored steps. They were no problem when I was younger. I, didn't, I don't remember my knees aching or my back feeling every jarring step. And I don't remember wondering if it's the steps creaking or me creaking. But I would go up those steps fast. I ran up the steps until one day I tripped on those steps. And I felt like I split my shin bone in half. As long as I had never tripped on the steps, I would run up the steps. It was funny to me to see older people and how long it took them to go up the steps. My dad used to say, son, would you help me maw up the steps? <laughs> oh, are you serious? And an hour later, we'd be up the steps. I said, dad, I, I'll just bring the bed down here. I'm not being rude, but that's how I really felt. It would take forever. And I remember running past them until I really, a couple of times, I busted it. My shin, my tailbone, I busted it hard on steps. Steps with carpet, people watch out. And that carpet is not soft. I learned that the race is not given to the swift, nor the war to the strong, but to him that endures to the end. I've learned as cars have shot past me and jumped in front of me on the freeway and pulled around me on the street while I was driving only to meet me at the red light. I've learned, and I'm still learning. I remember pulling out of here Father's Day this year. I had Cindy and the boys in the car, and we pulled right out, and at the stoplight, this guy's honking just ballistically. Blaze turned around, was looking at him, he said, Dad, he's, he's showing some fingers, he shouldn't. And I remember him speeding around us and, and getting up and just showing off and shooting us the number one sign and going all the way around us. And guess who I met at the red light, side by side? When I pulled up to the red light, <laughs> I wanted to give it back to him. I wanted to tell him he was number one as well. Oh, oh, Jay, you can't say that. You're in the pulpit. The flesh was coming out of me. I was not happy. I didn't do it. You'd be proud to know I didn't do it. But I thought about it because you made me feel bad. And you made me look bad. You made me look small in front of my family. And you embarrassed me in front of my kids. 
And when I finally got up there and I saw that you, you still had to stop at the same red light, God reminded me that the race is not given to the swift nor the war to the strong. I'm learning that God has a pace for my life. I'm learning that there are steps to this process. I used to never do that. I was always in those little fast, uh, those little fast Honda cars. And I, man, if I if I wasn't doing 100 miles an hour, I was wasting time. I remember flying down the freeway and and just scooting along, and my dad threatening to slash all of my tires if he saw it could catch up to me. And and I remember that. And but until that day, I passed by that semi, and the and the wind shear off the front of his truck almost threw me into the wall and almost flipped my car. I, I I had to learn to slow down. I was going through the process. God is ordering my steps. The things that I truly am thankful for is to know that God is the one ordering these steps. It helps me to understand that I'm not wandering aimlessly around, that I'm not just moving around on my own, but that there is a course for me to take and that I can't graduate until I take that course. There's a path for me to travel. That God isn't making this thing up as I go along. I really thought, I I truly thought that he was making it up as I went. That's why I prayed so he could make it up my way. My prayers were all wrong. I prayed to abort the process. I prayed for him to speed the process up. I prayed to get out of things that he said he wanted me into. And I prayed I wouldn't have to endure some of the things that he wanted me to endure. I was working on the destination, but he was working on me. And sometimes he made me wait. He made me slow down and said, no, no, Jay, good try. But you skipped a step. You need to go back and you need to do that again. You, you see, <clears throat> that step that you skip in your life will always show back up. It won't necessarily have the same face that you encountered it with, but it will show back up because God is saying, you see, all these steps are tools that I'm using to work on you. I, I'm not preparing you for a blessing I'm not preparing the blessing for you. I'm preparing you for the blessing. The blessing is already prepared. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard. And neither has entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Did you know that? Your blessing is already there. It's already in the place and it's already where it's supposed to be. God isn't fixing it up right now. It's already done. But the work doesn't have to be applied to where you're going, but rather the work has to be applied to you so that when you get there, that you can handle it, that you're prepared to handle it. So God puts you in a process, and he begins to order your steps. He does everything by steps. Some of you are saying that you have to have something now. You don't understand, Lord. You don't understand. I'm going to die. I need it now. I I pray that all the time. I'm not mocking anybody. I'm mocking myself. To him who much is given, much is required. And God is saying, trust me. You might think you need it now. 
But if I don't take you through these steps, if you get it now, it will destroy you. And you have to go through the process to get everything lined up. Yeah, you know what? You know what God has showed me this week? Yeah, Jay, you you can handle it. But can your children handle it? Yes, Jay, you can handle it. But can your spouse handle it? Can Cindy handle it? You can handle it, but do you have the right friends to where God needs you to go? There has to be some adjustments on the step before you get to that stage. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The powerful man of God taught me a long time ago that even Jesus had steps. They tried to crown him too soon and he disappeared because they were trying to make him skip some steps. And Jesus said, no, no. You see, you can't crown me until you cross me. It is my agony that makes me, that makes my ecstasy. It's my sickness that makes my healing. It's my poverty that illuminates my prosperity. Makes me appreciate where I am right now. You don't notice good health until you've been sick. You don't even understand the words that are coming out of my mouth until you've been sick. You will never thank God for feeling good until you felt bad. You'll never thank God for your head, for your neck, your back, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, until one of those things have been challenged. But after a while, you'll start thanking God for crazy stuff. Thank the Lord that I can see this morning. What you talking about? You went to bed with two eyes? Thank the Lord I can see this morning. My grandmother used to think everything. Thank God for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The truth of the matter is that there's a whole lot of folks in here who are thankful for stuff that they can't really even testify about because people wouldn't understand the testimony. What God is trying to teach us is that we don't, we don't have to be at our destination to be grateful I can praise Him on the steps because every time I make a step, I can praise Him. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you better learn to praise Him on the steps. Turn to somebody and tell them that. You better learn to praise Him on the steps. Don't wait until you get on the stage or to a certain destination. Don't wait until you get finished. Don't wait until everything is in order. But every day you ought to stop right in the middle of your step and say, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for my steps. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm glad I'm not where I used to be, Lord. Thank you for my steps, God. Thank you for what I'm going through. I'm not there yet. I'm not finished yet. I haven't arrived yet. But when you see me praising God, I'm praising Him on the steps. The devil hates step praise. And, and the flesh hates step praise. Praise that stops in the middle of the steps and says, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind me and reaching to that which is before me, 
I press. I press toward the mark of the price of the high calling. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked him to turn the water into wine, he lets us know right there that that he has a schedule. My hour has not yet come. it's, It's not time for me to do that yet, Mom. It's not time for me to do that yet, woman. It lets us know that God has a schedule. What? God has a Jesus has a schedule? The apostle Paul said, "I have finished my course. I didn't finish Jay's course. I didn't finish Brother Brown's course, but I had I, I didn't even finish Timothy's course or Peter's course. I finished my course. Paul said, I've learned whatsoever state that I am, that that I'm in there with to be content. I learned how to be happy on the steps. When I'm single, I've learned to be happy when I'm single. When I'm married, I've learned to be happy when I'm married. When I got a big house, I've learned to be happy in a big house. When all I got is a room, I've learned to be happy with a room. When I'm broke, I've learned to be happy. When I have plenty of money in the bank, I've learned to be happy. I've learned in whatsoever state I am in to thank God and to praise Him. I wasn't born this way. I didn't inherit this from my mama or my daddy, but I have learned. It was taught to me. I've learned to be content and to praise God on the steps. Would you please stand with me? Don't like where you're at right now? Stop crying. It's, It's just a step. Don't like how you feel right now? Don't sweat it. Don't spend too much energy on it. It's just a step. Jay, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been in this step for 10 years. Sounds like you're missing something. Sounds like you better get in touch with God and say, what's going on here, God? Sounds like you you need to quit blaming people in your past. And you need to get on your knees and begin to say, God, how can you receive glory from this step I'm on? God, what do I need to do to move from this step to the next? You comfortable and content where you're at right now? You cozy? Be careful. It's just a step. You like everything you own right now? You like what's in your house, in your garage? It's just a step. Don't cry too hard over a step. Don't celebrate too loud over a step. It's a process. It's a process. You can't judge your life by where you are in the moment. Where you are will pass. What you're worrying about will pass. Don't you understand that one day you're going to look back and, and you're actually going to laugh over some of the things you're, so, you're staying up all night about? You're going to wonder why in the world did I lose that sleep over this, this kind of stuff? 
It's not nearly as major as you thought it was or that you think it is. Don't you understand that you can live without your house? You can live without your you can live without your car. Okay, hang on. You can live without your bank account. You can live without your friends. You can live without your husband. You can live without your wife. You can live without your children. So what do I do? Where are you going with this? What, What do I do? What do I do in the meantime? In the meantime, while I wait to reach my destination, what do I do? They were talking to Brother Job one day, and they said, Job, your children are dead. All your cattle. wife, she despises you, told you to turn your back on God, she doesn't love you, your friends quit on you, Job said, that's okay, it's a process, it's a process, the Lord knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold, did you know an ounce of gold, one ounce of gold can stretch over 50 miles? Having done all to stand, therefore, anyway, whatsoever happens, just say to the Lord, having done all to stand, having done all to stand. You know what? Having done all to stand, let let me make sure that I clear that up for you. That does not mean to stand in one place and be content with where you are at. That means you need to do everything you can to stand in that one place and lift up the name of Jesus. That is not a pass to say you don't have to come to church. You don't have to praise God. It's saying having done all to stand, just stand. Begin to lift and praise the name of the Lord in the middle of your step. You ordered this step, Lord. I'm not going to murmur in it. I'm not going to complain in it. I won't be fearful in it, God. Maybe maybe this step, maybe this sermon is just for you and me tonight. But God gave me this sermon. And as I began to clean that room, I began to go up the steps. And I began to get tired. And I began to really contemplate on leaving some of the things there at the bottom of the steps for everybody else to help me take it up. But I began to take the steps again. And as I was going up the steps, like literally the 10th time, God says, Jay, it's a process, son. And I threw up my hands. I said, God. God, I'm going to be very honest. My flesh doesn't want this process. I, I don't, I, I began to plead my case and I said, God, we need you now. I said, God, I need you now. I need you now. 
up and down those stairs. As I begin to praise God, I went up and down the stairs. I don't know how many times, but I began to flow in the Holy Ghost. And he said, it's okay. Don't be scared where you're at, Jay. It's just a step. I've come to tell somebody tonight, I know I know you're weary. I know you're tired. I felt I felt it in the spirit when I was praying. But I've come to encourage you tonight. He's there. He's right there with you. steps of life nothing can hold you back nothing can hold you down when you can learn to praise God in a step that you don't understand when you can learn to lift up the name of Jesus when you can learn to be faithful to church even when things aren't going right can learn to be faithful in giving even when it's not there to give. You begin to praise the Lord. He's ordered our steps tonight. He's ordered not just my steps, but each and every one of you. I'm opening this altar so that somebody can come and praise God in the middle of their step. I'm opening this altar right now to somebody that might have been complaining and murmuring in the middle of their step. But I'm telling you, God is here and He's with you. I'm going to trust you.